to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body i mean the f everything i mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well i mean if, if it if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no, no fighting well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCartney pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud of fighting with you. How are you? Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you got to just keep on flowing. What is up, Penn Nation? Welcome back to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. The fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. And of course, guys, I'm your host, Kinch. Hope everybody had a wonderful 4th of July, Independence Day, if you're one of our U.S. listeners. If you're from Canada, happy Canada Day. I believe that was last week sometime. Great show lined up for you guys tonight. Awesome guest, courtesy of uh, one, of our, one of our great teammates, the one and only Chris Taylor. Big shout out to him. Awesome show. Lots of news to get into as well. Each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can catch BJPenn.com radio. Seems like every time I start this podcast, there's a motorcycle that drives by. Anyway, speaking of BJPenn.com, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Like I tell you guys every week, it's your premier source for all the latest and greatest in the sport you love of mixed martial arts. All the hot topics, all the breaking news, all the pressing issues, interviews, exclusive content, we've got you covered. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Like I tell you every week, we're the biggest and baddest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. We're very proud of it. And we thank you guys for the continued support and patronage, patronage. So, tonight's guest, pretty excited for this one. Pretty is an understatement, very excited for this one. The champ is here. UFC welterweight champ, Tyron Woodley, the chosen one. He'll be our guest tonight. Quite frankly, when you got the champ on, all you really need is one guest, right? But with the holiday week, you know, it was, t it was tough to get guests. So, nonetheless, very happy that he took the time to speak with us today. As you guys heard on the show, last week, it was announced last week on UFC Tonight by Tyron himself that he'd be taking on Damian Maya at UFC 214 in Anaheim, California. That's coming up on July 29th. A little less than a month, a little over a month, rather, to prepare. Just about a month. Yeah, 
just about a month. A lot of talk that, you know, people were bummed for Damian. Not enough time to prepare for Tyron, but it's always two, two sides of the same coin, guys. Tyron only has a month to prepare for arguably the best grappler in the world. So we talk about a lot of stuff. Obviously, we're going to break down the matchup with Damian Maya, how he sees the fight going down, what the game plan is, what the fight means to him, etc. We're also going to talk about the possibility of taking on GSP at his next fight should he defeat Maya. That's in the news that we'll get into here in a moment, but maybe it was. No, it came up uh, after last week's show. Dana White has announced that uh, GSP will likely take on the winner of Woodley Maya. However, GSP refuted those claims, saying that he was still interested in the uh, Bisping fight. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But nonetheless, we get his take. We get the champ's take on a potential matchup with the great George St. Pierre. And we also talked about one of the most interesting aspects of this UFC 214 fight card, the California State Athletic Commission's new rulings regarding weight cutting, hydration, etc. As you guys had heard and read at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news, Hen and Burrell would not be permitted to fight at bantamweight any longer. Um, you can you can check out the system. I'm pretty sure we 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 definitely covered that in depth, but basically it's a 10 point plan including early weigh-ins. They're going to weigh you in about a month before the fight. You're only going to be allowed to recuperate 10% of your body weight when you rehydrate after cutting uh, and making the the proper weight on the scale. So only 10% heavier on fight night. A lot of interesting stuff. Uh, we We talk about that with Woodley. Uh, clearly a big guy, cuts a decent amount of weight. However, never had a problem cutting weight and has been a wrestler his whole life, so this is his bread and butter. But you'll hear his opinion on that and much more. Great conversation with him. I know you guys will love it. So let's get into some news. Uneventful weekend in regards to fights. I mean, of course, there's a lot of local stuff. However, John Fitch in the Professional Fight League Got his first finish in about a decade. So kudos to John Fitch. Great way to start off. What we've talked about on here being the professional fight league that definitely, I have no doubt in my mind, is going to be a very great promotion going forward and possibly revolutionize the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, You guys heard Race FO on here. You saw the coverage on the site. They're doing some very cool stuff over Professional Fight League. So, great start to the year for Mr. John Fitch. And again, kudos to him. Some real positive news coming out of this week. Matt Hughes, off the ventilator now, which is, which is definitely a good thing. However, his family uh, gave a statement saying that this is going to be a long road to recovery. And the battle is not over. But... Obviously, all those prayers from the MMA community and Penn Nation, they've helped. So keep them up. Keep up the prayers for Mr. Matt Hughes. We wish him a speedy recovery. While it may be a longer one than we all hope, I'm confident he can get through it. Other news. Alistair Overeem survives a large explosion near his hotel room. Huge explosion stating Overeem. Included a picture, which you guys can see at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Looks pretty bad. I would say he's lucky. Overeem also uh, addressed on Helwani's show this week. Mark Hunt calling him a cheater recently after the UFC Auckland card. Overeem said Hunt just likes to talk. Think he's a bit Thinks he's a bit out there. And, you know, made his case that He beat Hunt, 230 pounds, as a light heavyweight, back in pride, broke his arm, and then defeated him as a heavyweight in the UFC. He's 2-0 against Hunt. Kind of makes the case that Hunt doesn't really have room to talk here. 
Chris Weidman, you guys heard about his appeal over the Musasi loss with the uh, New York State Athletic Commission. Does not go his way. Kind of didn't see that one going his way. It was definitely a screw-up, but the rules are the rules. So, unfortunate for Weidman, but kind of saw that one coming. Weidman also revealed that Silva Weidman 3 was almost a thing in Brazil. That would have been interesting. Home turf for Anderson. Should it have happened? I don't know. I don't know. Scott Coker to allow uh, Michael Page to box. And this is while he's been waiting for Semtex, you know, after the scuffle they had after the Bellator event. It was pretty obvious that those two were going to get matched up. Paul Daly, Michael Page. However, Semtex is saying that he's waiting for Lorenz Larkin to sign for a fight. And that because of that, Michael Venom Page will be allowed to box. This is per Scott Coker. Familiar face in MMA, back to one of the forefront uh, promotions in Bellator, Rafael Feijão. Signs with Bellator at light heavyweight. He'll be a he'll be a great addition to that roster as they continue to build. And like I've said many times on the show. I expect that growth to continue in the years to come. This one's uh, obviously near and dear to our hearts, but big kudos to Joe Lozon. Went after Nick Lentz for the ridiculous garbage that, that Lentz was spewing, you know, from his mouth after BJ lost to Seaver. I'm sure you guys saw what was going on. Pretty sure we covered it. Or maybe we didn't even give him the dignity of covering it. I'm not sure, but... Nonetheless, Nick Lentz said some pretty nasty stuff about BJ. And I won't get into it, but rumor has it he has no room to no room to talk on that one at all. But Joe Lozon came to the defense of BJ, articulated and assertive and assertive. His statement really should have put Lentz in his place. If it didn't, then Lentz is just delusional. Other news, Rich Franklin says he'd come back for the right fight. You know, once I read that, I was trying to think of matchups for him that I would be interested to see, but I think most of the guys are, they've moved on to other things, you know? Depends at what weight, too. You know, he's fought light heavyweight, middleweight. If the California State Athletic Commission was to get their way and have weight classes every 10 pounds... So if there was one at 195, I've always maintained that Rich Franklin could have been a champ if they had a 195-pound weight class. You know, he could have been a a champ after losing to Anderson Silva. Uh, 205, a little too small. 185, you could see he was really, really drawn out when he would make that weight. So be interesting to see if this gains any traction. Again, not sure who I would have him matched up against. What promotion would it be in? Would he fight in 1FC? Would he go to Bellator? We'll have this covered as it unfolds, of course, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. This one's uh, interesting and out there, to quote Alistair Overeem. Ronda Rousey's house was apparently robbed by some kind of skateboarding squatters. Took a ton of stuff, firearms, jewelry, credit cards, all kinds of stuff. And Travis Brown saved the day. Guess there was a skate park across the street from where they live. And he went over there and notified the uh, the authorities. And apparently they, they caught some guys that likely likely did it. How stupid are kids these days, man? You skateboard, you skateboard at a park every day, and then you rob the house across the street of someone who's famous that you probably know who lives there and have cameras, and you stay there for three days. <laughs> oh, goodness. This was a strange one. This one really gave my head a spin. Snoop Dogg. The D-O-double-jizzle. He's going to be commentating for the UFC with Dana White's new show. Apparently it's going to be an option 
optional commentary on UFC Fight Pass. Not really sure how I feel about that. He'll definitely add some kind of comedic value. But is that making a mockery of the sport that I love so so much? I don't know. But, I mean, if we're going to do that, I don't know if you guys ever heard Mike Tyson do commentary at Bellator. That was pretty cool. We had Phil Baroni on last week. His commentary is awesome. I mean, I could think of a ton of guys that you could throw in there. If you Don Fry. Give Don Fry a commentary spot. You want to make, make this sport better, more interesting, more appealing? Don Fry, commentary spot. Do not censor him. You've got gold, I promise you. So, again, not sure how I feel about that. This is a big one. Floyd and Connor have set a date for the press conference. It's apparently going to be the 14th or the 15th in July, 15th being my birthday. I hope that's when really, that's when things really, really, really get interesting for me. Um, Again, as far as the matchup goes, that's a whole different story, but the promotion leading up to this fight is going to be what the most. Um, I have no doubt in my mind, that Connor's going to say some really funny stuff and really piss off Floyd. And I am very much looking forward to that. And there's also the possibility that Connor can get into Floyd's head somehow. Very slim possibility in my opinion, but be cool to see if it happens. And again, I mean, just based on their back and forth on social media, Connor's already stuck the knife and turned it a couple times in my opinion. So, Again, should be very interesting. The 14th or 15th, that's going to be in Wembley Stadium in London, I believe. Speaking of Connor, Dana White has said that Connor requested Khabib Nurmagomedov in Russia after he fights Floyd. It's a ballsy gentleman. However, Tony Ferguson still hoping for Khabib in the fall. Again, we'll see how this all plays out. In my personal opinion, what happens with Connor in this fight will probably determine a lot on what his next move is. If he was to defeat Floyd, there's way bigger money for him in boxing. Who knows? We'll see what happens. And finally, Creeper of the Week award goes to some guy who offered Justine Kish fifteen grand, fifteen grand, fifteen thousand dollars for her poopy pants, her soiled fight gear. Dear Lord, man, we've got skateboarders that rob from a place next to where they skateboard, and some guy offering a fighter fifteen thousand dollars for shitty pants. What a world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. But that's just some of the news from this week. I know it was a lot to hear me say it, but there's all that and a ton more at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Go there now. Get up to date. If it's newsworthy, if it's a viral video, if you should know about it, it's going to be there. bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. So that being said, guys, We're approaching 820. Got the champ on the show tonight. Very excited. Great conversation. I know, I know you guys will like it. Super cool guy. It's my first time uh, speaking with him. Uh, Again, big thank you to Chris Taylor for setting up the interview. Uh, This is Chris's guy. This is Chris's contact, you know, and uh, it was an absolute privilege to speak with Tyron and uh, man, super professional, very easy to speak with. And he brings that heat confident in where he's going in this sport. And I think that's a, that's something that a lot of guys are missing. You know, sure. You're only as good as your last fight, but you've seen with Connor, it's that confidence and knowing you're going to be where you want to be. And that's the kind of tone I get from Tyron. Got from Tyron, Tyron rather. So we'll jump right into it. It's 820. This is BJPenn.com Radio. I'm your host, Kinch. One guest tonight, but it's a great one. UFC welterweight champ, the chosen one, 
Tyron Woodley coming up next. All right, Penn Nation, the champ is here. We're now live with the chosen one, Tyron Woodley. Tyron, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How you guys doing? Cannot complain, sir. Uh, greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. How has training camp been so far? Man, it's been fast, but, you know, I just put my body to shock real quick. Um, luckily for me, I was already, you know, shape-wise, I was okay. Uh, so now I've just been drilling, 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 drilling over and over again, uh, different techniques, um, preventative techniques, worst-case scenarios, and then um, just, just boosting the conditioning up. And uh, I should walk in there feeling pretty good and pretty confident. Now, you're currently at Rufus Sport in Milwaukee, correct? How are things going on in that gym? It's going great, man. You know, I'm working a lot with Duke Rufus on um, just uh, footwork, striking ability, you know, how to compose and relax yourself within the heat. Heat at the moment. Also, the coach Daniel, um, Daniel Vandalay, who's, you know, specialist at the half guard. So he's a Carson Gracie black belt. So I've been working with him. And also, obviously, Ben Aspen has been extremely um, instrumental for me because he wrestles. Um, similar, he has a better style than David Maya. He's more aggressive. He's a tad bit stronger, and um, I think if I can get comfortable with him, you know, it'll help me out a lot, especially from you know just an issue takedown aspect. Without question, I mean Ben is widely regarded as the best wrestler to to compete in mixed martial arts, so it doesn't get better than that for training partners. Uh, but it was announced a little over a week ago that you'll be defending the title against Damian Maya, UFC 214 on July 29th in Anaheim. Give us your thoughts on the matchup and, and uh, Damian as an opponent. Uh, I think it's a good matchup. You know, I think the worst thing you can do with Damian Maia is take him lightly. You know, he's got 19 victories in the UFC for a reason. Some guys are probably walking to the octagon like, oh, man, I saw what he did against other guys. He's not going to take me down with that, and I should be good. I'll just knock him out on the feet. So uh, I'm trying not to give him too much respect and also, you know, believe in myself and believe that, you know, I do have the highest takedown defense. In, um, in the welterweight division. I do have a second overall. It is very tough to take me down. I am, you know, an all-American wrestler uh, with, with great striking as well. So, style-wise, I match him extremely well. His number one, you know, way to win this fight would be to get to the gr- to the ground, sorry, and try to control me or try to submit me. And just with my box and my wrestling, he's not prepared on how to me there. Absolutely. Uh, in, in regards to the, the grappling matchup there, we'll get to that in just a second, but... There was rumors circulating that, that Damian was injured and that you needed an opponent. Shortly thereafter, he had taken to Twitter, squashed that rumor. Then the fight was announced. I'm wondering, when did the deal actually get done on your end? You know, it's funny. It's sometimes these deals are done and you guys hear about them later. Um, the, deal, the deal got done an hour or two before I announced it on UFC tonight. So that Wednesday is when the deal got done. I announced it the same day it got done. Wow. Um, you know, and that's, he signed it the same day, so it all happened that day. It was really a miscommunication, you know. Um, I talked to Dana, and I had been saying for, you know, I don't know if you watched watch the show or not, but yeah. the UFC tonight, three or four weeks before, I was saying I want to fight him. I accept the fight, but I don't accept the date. I want to fight him on the date. So I was very vocal on which date I want to fight him. But I, I don't think Dana recognized that I wanted to fight him on that date and the fact that Damian Maya himself requested it with some additional time off. And Dana, you know, on, I think it was on that Monday, he said, that's not how it works. You're the champion. If he wants to fight for your belt, he has to be prepared when the fight presented. He went to work, and two days later, at a bottom ring. So I was ready to fight him, but it was just, it was really fast. But at the end of the day, him and I kind of have the same notice. I don't think he was, you know, running through walls and, you know, preparing for me. So yeah. I think, you know, I think it's even playing field. So, we both should rest assured. He should deny that I didn't have six weeks notice that I was fighting him, and then he got the last minute call. You know what I mean? Yeah, now I'll skip ahead here to, to, to keep along with that topic. You know, some people, most prominently Ariel Hawani, have said that they feel bad for Damian not getting enough time to prepare for you. You know, you kind of responded there, but, you know, what is your response to that? It obviously goes both ways. I mean, you're preparing for arguably the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappler to ever compete in MMA in the same amount of time. Yeah, you know, I I I feel there is some. I'm not talking to him personally about that, and, you know. Um, but I don't feel bad for Damian Mike because I was offered a fight um, against Robbie Lawler April 23rd of last year with 10 days notice. And what do you do? You want the belt real bad, and you get opportunities. You kind of kind of take it. Michael yeah. Bisbee is a champion now because he took that opportunity. You know, Nate Diaz is a superstar now because he took that initial opportunity to fight Conor McGregor. 
And this is our job. This is our career. Sometimes, myself included, we forget that. We should be training. We should be preparing. We should be in position to, to go out and do our job whenever the, you know, the work presents itself. So that's, that's something that we all as a sport can get a little bit better on. It's tough to cross-train 100% year-round, but it is kind of our job if you really think about it. So all the seminars he was talking about, the appearances, the International Fight Week, that's all secondary. If I had an opportunity to, to do a, a big film and I had an or, or fight for a world title, I'm going to take the world title because currently right now, this is my priority. Everything else is supplemental. This is my moneymaker. Everything else is supplemental. So I have to be able to sprint in this lane as fast as I can. Absolutely. And as a number one contender, as you mentioned, you have to take those opportunities. So, you know, Damien, hands are tied in this situation. But I'm wondering. Yeah, and I said something to Damien at the, uh, at the retreat, the athletes retreat. Um, I said, hey, man, you know, um, I know, you know, congratulations. I know you want to you fight next, but, you know, April 19th ain't going to work for me. I said, if, you, if you're ready to fight April 19th, I mean, I'm sorry, August 19th, then, you know, you can fight 20 days earlier. You know, I mean, you know, I know it's going to be a better day for you and more money and all this other stuff. And I need some time. I need all of these time. And, you know, not to be disrespectful to him. The contract has to be on his side. He's not a young spring chicken. He's not 12 years old. He's, he's a 39-year-old martial artist. He's been around the game for a very long time. And shoot, he, he better be more worried about it. If you take a few down, he might not get back up as quickly. So I, I would kind of keep the train moving if I was in but honestly, I can't tell him what to do. Yeah. Now, w- without giving us any specifics on, on what you're working on in the gym, tell us a little bit about the game plan going into this one. You know, uh, Damien has been able to become the Brazilian backpack against everyone lately. What's the key to avoid that for you, and what do you think everyone else has done wrong against him in previous fights? You know, um, it's not really rocket science what I might try to do against him. Um, so, it's, I mean, I can tell you exactly what I want to do, and, you know, you still gonna have to stop. I'm still gonna have to stop him. I know you think you think I'm the first person that recognizes somebody trying to jump on my back. Right. And, you know, trying to go for folks. So it's not about identifying what the person's doing. One respecting it, but not overly respecting it. And and also having different ways to keep the person from getting there. And they if they get there, you know, try to find a way to explode when it's time to explode but not completely lose your pool. So my game plan is to just go out there and beat me, man. I'm a fast, I'm athletic, you know, I'm a hard worker, I'm gonna be in great shape, you know, it's gonna be very tough for him to take me down in the first place. I'm gonna obviously have the speed advantage, the power advantage, the striking advantage, the wrestling defense advantage. And when he, you know, I've done I've done I just did two five round fights. So, you know, having an advantage in the five round fights, you know, he hasn't fought a five round fight since so yeah. So I think I have an advantage in that as well. Well, keeping along with the athleticism and the power there, you know, I'm assuming you would agree that you've got to be the most athletically gifted and powerful wrestler, any MMA fighter for that matter, that Damien has ever fought. You know, do you think he'll be surprised by your power early on in the fight? You know, I think Paul I'm the hardest punching fighter in the entire UFC. I think Anthony Roman Johnson was before he retired, but if you think about how much I weigh, how, how big of a punch I pass, how many people... I'm knocked down or knocked out. You know, I think it's very hard to argue. I'm probably the, the hardest punching fighter that you've seen. And as far as explosion, you know, it's very, it's very few guys that can, that can get from zero to a hundred the way that I can, and, and explode through their target with precision and just put themselves in a position to consistently over and over again, um, be successful and, and defeat top guys. So um, he recognizes that. Um, so with that said. It's not, it's not going to be very hard for me to uh, prepare for him. I know he knows that. I know he's a world-class fighter for a reason. Now he's going to come out, and he's going to try to stop everything he can from giving me space, from allowing me to be fast, from allowing me to punch. He's going to try to make it claustrophobic. He's going to try to get in my face. He's going to try to get me to the mat. You know, it makes more sense for him earlier in the round when it's less wet, when it's less fatigue, to really go for broke trying to get me down on the ground. And um, I just plan on making him come up short. Yeah, and making him pay for those attempts. Uh, you know, that being said, do you see this sure. kind of becoming a, a stand-up fight defending those takedowns, or are you confident in your wrestling credentials enough to possibly take him down if the opportunity presents itself? You know, I, I have have no problem taking him down on my own terms. I actually was talking to my coach about that. 
you know, if you do go down to the ground, you want it to be on your terms. Otherwise, you know, you're always going to be at the you're always going to be at the mercy of the defense of the person you're going against. Yeah. Now, you, you've said in the past that, that you wanted a, a fight that was good for you financially, and you know, while Damian might not be that big payday, Dana White said last week that the, that GSP would face the winner between you both. However, you know, GSP refuted that claim later on. The return of GSP would certainly be a big money uh, event, regardless of who he, who he faces. But, you know, were you excited to hear that Dana's plans are to have you challenge GSP next? And, you know, do you believe that he'll agree to take the fight? Uh, I'll get excited when I see a bottle agreement in front of me. I don't, like, I'm not doing the back and forth thing with, um, with George St. Pierre. Um, I don't know if he wants to fight. If he does, if he not, um, at the end of the day, it's my job to go out there and take out whoever they put in front of me because I'm the I'm the champion of the world. That's what we do, and um, that's all I really focus on. I can't I can't make this guy fight me. I can't you know predict what the future is. The only thing I got to do is go out there, fight, win, let everything solve itself. Fight, win, let everything solve itself. And um, you know this is a big fight. It's a big fight because it's in the big opponent for me. And those of the mixed martial arts world might not appreciate. Um, somebody with 19 victories, crazy submission uh, resume, um, and just found a way to beat so many people that thought they just had him in the bag. Yeah. And going to fight him is a huge opportunity, but now I was able to have that on a huge card. One of the strongest rivalries in the sport of mixed martial arts ever. I get to fight him on that card. So now a huge fight, which might not have done, done wonders by itself, now it's going to have a chance be on that car, so yeah, I'm extremely pleased. Yeah, that recently had the addition of uh, Robbie Lawler, Donald Cerrone, uh, so definitely shaping up to be the biggest card of the year. Uh, but just to keep on GSP for a second here, I, I don't want to take up too much time on this, but without looking past Maya by any means, give us your thoughts on a matchup with GSP. How do you think he would perform after such a long time away? And would you consider that a career-defining moment for you should you get to face him? Yeah, I think Joe Semper is a, I mean, one of the greatest guys. And I think, you know, it's dope to watch somebody that's a pure mixed martial artist. You know, he's respectable. Um, something that I swear is really lost. Um, but with that said, I still feel as if part of the reason why he left the sport is because, you know, a lot of concussions he endured, damage to training. Um, and, and knowing that, hey, man, I can just I can just go out there and, you know, maybe do some movies, do some endorsement stuff. And I've already done, like, he, 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 we can talk crap about George all we want. George doesn't have to come back. He has nothing to prove. Yeah. He beat the wrestler, the grappler. He beat the freestyle fighter, like, Koshek. He beat the, the, the bad boy, like, um, Dan Hardy. He beat the up-and-coming guy. He beat the, the new breed, which, you know, I would say I was in, which is a hard-punching wrestler with good cardio. He beat Johnny Hendricks as well. So, I mean, with that said, he's really captured every category that you can capture in a fight. And he beat these guys in their prime, prime, sorry, and he did it in a dominant fashion. And he took very few um, damaging shots, and he won. I mean, it's very few rounds he hasn't won as a fighter. So yeah. um, I respect the hell out of him. And um, if he doesn't want to come back, he doesn't want to fight, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, he's scared of me. He doesn't have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if he decides to, man, it would be an honor to uh, be across the cage from them. I just think I, I possess some things that, you know, um, he may not uh, match up very well with. You know, power, the ability to stop him from taking me down, um, the ability to punch him really well from the inside pocket, which he has shown that he struggled in, and just, just resilience. And it's my time now. I'm the champion. It's my time. It's yeah. my time to reign. It's my time to be in, in this moment. You know, he hasn't fought in three years, so, you know, I, I might not be the best first fight coming back in. <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt. Um, now, changing gears here for just a moment. As we mentioned, this fight is going to take place in Anaheim. The California State Athletic Commission has recently implemented uh, new rules regarding weight cuttings for, for all fighters. I know you've never had a problem making weight before, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the rehydration rules. How much heavier do you come in on fight night, and do you anticipate that being a problem with the commission at all? And, you know, would you say you gain, regain over 10% of your weight back on fight night? So what do they want us to come in at 10%? Yeah, I think, I think they're not allowing you to regain more than 10% of your body weight from from the way in. I think that if, if you're going to do something like this, you need to do it over time. You need to do more research. 
none of these people that are doing this have ever wrestled, have ever fought. They don't understand that everybody's makeup is different. A heavyweight shouldn't be held to the same, um, the same line and the same, um, you know, guidelines as a featherweight. Featherweight has less surface area, less ability to generate heat, walk around with less body fat um, than the heavyweight. I also think that, you know, hydration can be one thing. You can come and check my weight and I can be 200 pounds, but I can also have 2.5 gallons of water in my system. Um, you know, so I don't think they know enough about the sport. And it's not like they're coming in, implementing new systems and new strategies and giving us more um, information or technology so that we can do it safer. Um, they're just coming in and trying to crack the whip. And I, I think it's I think it's a bad look. I think they're going to mess up a lot of title fights, a lot of, you know, like what if they would have told me, hey, you can't fight at 170, but you can fight at 175. Now my fight is no longer a title fight. Yeah. I make way different things, and then it's not worth for me or David Meyer to do. So I'm 100% against it. I think it's horrible. Um, I had to weigh in. Luckily, my body weight was pretty good. I had to weigh in. I had to weigh in the other day on FaceTime. I had to weigh in. Yeah, the early one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. Like, and I, I got the fight. I announced the, the fight got announced on, on Wednesday. Thursday, I hustled out to San Pedro to do all my medicals. I just casually jumped on the scale after breakfast, no workout, with my shoes on and clothes. I weigh one ninety eight. They wow. called me. You're gonna, you're gonna be flagged, and you know we want to weigh you every Friday. And said, with all due respect, I'm a champion in the world. I never miss weight. I've never had a day set to a weight cut the next day. I said, what I'm going to do is, because I weighed in with my clothes on, which is probably at least five pounds, because I hadn't even worked out yet, I'm going to do my workout. I'm going to call you, and I'm going to FaceTime you. I'm going to weigh in, and that's it. You will not hear from my ass again until <laughs> Friday, July 28th. I'm not playing these games. I don't make weight cutting a factor in my mind. There's enough going on. There's enough film breaking down. There's enough strategy. There's enough training enough, you know, prepping for my opponent, that you're, you will not, I will not allow you to implement another stressor on my training camp, especially when I just got this fight enough one day, which immediately everybody should shut up and sit down. And secondly, I don't even check my weight until Saturday or Sunday to fight. Wow, so safe to say <laughs> you're against this new procedure and you don't think it should be adopted in other states? I'm against it because it's based upon boxing, and boxers have traditionally and habitually known, been known to fight close to their weight. Yeah. Now, if you get 80% of the MMA squad to say they're going to fight close to their weight, now we're going to keep a plan for them. If you get three or four guys in each division and say, okay, I'm going to fight close to my weight, but they're going to be at a huge disadvantage. They're going to be now fighting technically no weight, if you want to be honest, yeah. and fight middle weight. The weight doesn't matter as long as everybody, if everybody goes to you say, hey, let's check your weight, whatever you weigh, you're going to fight five to ten pounds, give or take, within that weight class. I think every fight would be okay. It's one less thing we got to stress about. You already got media. You already got all these obligations. You already got the whole week to stress out and, you know, do scrums and, you know, open workouts. Why are you going to add the weight cutting if you don't have to? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and, and who it's going to affect. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't put any uh, wrenches in the gears, if you will, of, of any of these fights going down on this card. Uh, listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more questions for you. Getting back to July 29th. Assuming you come out of this fight unscathed and healthy, what would be the turnaround time for you next? Uh, do you have a particular date or venue or card in mind? Oh, uh, not really, man. I just want to focus on this card. You know, it's putting me in a good position. I fought March 4th, fighting against the last night. It almost ensures me that, you know, you know, I should be able to fight one more time this year. So three, three world title fights in this calendar year. And if you do the math, this is going to be my fourth title fight in one year. And I followed Roger Lawler July 30th, and then one year later, almost exactly to the date, I'm fighting for the, I'm fighting a five-round world title fight for the fourth time, so. Yeah. Far more active than a lot of UFC champs, that's for sure. Um, sure. How do you visualize this fight playing out with Maya, and, you know, do you have an official prediction? Hello? Um, I, I didn't hear your question one more time, please. Oh, I'm sorry. No problem. How do you visualize this fight playing out with Maya, and, and do you have an official prediction? You know, I don't have an official prediction, but I just I just view myself being relaxed and composed, um, listening to my coaches, believing in their game plan, 
um, you know, obviously trying to avoid him getting me on the ground and making him pay for every um, attempt he makes. All right. And in conclusion, what can all the T-Wood fans, the Chosen One fans, expect from you on July 29th? They can just expect me to go out there and put on the show. You know, I, can't, I can't tell you when or where it's going to happen, but, you know, um, just trying to go out there and put on a great show and um, something that people enjoy watching and want to see it again. All right, again, greatly appreciate the time. Very much looking forward to the fight on July 29th in Anaheim, UFC 214. Tyron, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, definitely. You know, I want to thank all of you that made it possible. You know, Miley Wrestler, Dobbs Tire, uh, MindBody, um, membership software. I also want to thank the, the, the hitters that stepped up and really invested some time and uh, resources in me, like Monster Energy, Sean Budweiser, on and supplements. So I got a great, great um Great support system, and, you know, people that have been with me day one, like affliction, so I want to always, always show gratitude to those guys. Make sure you check me out on social media, obviously. Um, T-W-O-O-O, three O's. So T-W-O-O-O-D-L-E-Y, check me out there, check out my podcast, and I'm all over the place. All right, my man. Again, looking forward to the fight. Uh, best of luck on the Thank 29th, you. And, and we certainly hope to catch up afterwards. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, bud. The champ, Tyron Woodley. As I mentioned there, great conversation. Pretty clear that he's not a fan, <clears throat> or in favor, rather, of the California State Athletic Commission implementing these new weight-cutting rules. You know, as I said there in the lead-up to this, really big guy clearly cuts a lot of weight. Although 198 doesn't seem unreasonable for... A welterweight. You know, it's just this build. It's a very built individual. So, really looking forward to that fight. Very interesting style matchup. I definitely believe, as you heard Tyron say there, he's confident in his wrestling and his ability ability to stop Damian from taking him down. Talked about Ben Askren there. I mean, if you don't consider him the best wrestler in MMA right now, if not ever, I would disagree with you. (laughs) Uh, But when you're training with guys like that, you're getting those kind of looks in the gym. That's likely only going to reflect itself in the fight. Style matchup-wise, very interesting stuff. Could be a very long night for Maya. Will Maya be able to secure that one takedown that he needs per round? to just ride you out, get the back, and look for that submission. Also, can he keep that up for five rounds if needed? You know, as we've seen, and as he mentioned there, we talked about the wrestling. Even in the submission realm, Woodley's no slouch. Tough matchup for Maya, but he's been able to do it time and time again against some of the best in the world. As I said many times on the show, the Brazilian backpack. UFC 214 going down July 29th. That card is shaping up to be uh biggest card of the year. I mean, if you look at the the uh, Fox Sports 1 prelims, I mean, I believe it's it's looking like Manawa uh, Volkan Ozdemir is going to be on that, on the prelims. <laughs> um, actually, that they probably haven't announced the bout order just yet, but top to bottom, very stacked card with the addition of Woodley and Maya. They've also moved Cerrone and Lawler to that card. Awesome stuff. Again, going down July 29th. And you heard it here, BJPenn.com radio, the champ's thoughts on the fight, on the potential of fighting GSP. And, you know, he's right there, a lot of the stuff that he said. Just like with BJ. If a guy wants to fight and he's accomplished what he's accomplished... We have no right to tell him that he can't. And if he wants to or doesn't want to, he's got nothing left to prove. If he wants to, it's probably because they have a love of the game. So, this will all be covered in depth in articles at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news in the coming days, likely tomorrow. Been a great show as always. Again, third time I'll say it, huge shout out 
to our man Chris Taylor, one of the many hardworking individuals at BJPen.com, hooked me up with Tyron for tonight. Much obliged, sir. It was awesome. So there you have it. Another episode in the books, BJPen.com radio. I'm your host, Kinch. Make sure you guys tune in next week, next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We bring you guys a great show each and every week, and we'll continue to do so. The fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. And make sure you guys stay up to date on the sport you love of mixed martial arts at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. And also make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Get some alerts while you're at it. When there's new breaking news, be in the know in the moment. Thank you guys all for tuning in. It's a pleasure as always. Big props to the team, Team Penn. Love you guys. Till next week, I'm Kinch, BJPenn.com Radio. Peace out.
Ohne ana kore o e uenie I kahi manu noho ai kai Ki ai makala e o e kaha Oi a kai palana mali Uririe ahana Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet Spangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be.